When I go to the grocery store or to the hardware store these days, I wear a mask. But I notice that a lot of the people there don't wear masks. And of course, they all have their reasons for choosing not to do so. But of those many reasons, one of those reasons is surely about freedom. The loss of freedom, even if it's just the ability to breathe freely, is never an enjoyable experience. These days, we have lost a lot of freedoms. We've lost the freedom to gather in large groups, which, of course, we feel acutely here at church as we are accustomed to gather after the Sunday services for fellowship in the hall next door. We've lost the freedom to enjoy some of the recreations that we have typically enjoyed. We've lost the freedom to go out to a restaurant or to a movie theater the way that we did before. We've lost even the freedom to greet each other with a customary handshake or a hug since physical touch can be a way of communicating the virus. And there's a reason why we dislike this loss of freedom. There's a very good reason. And that is because we were made to be free. Because God is free, and we are made in his image. Yet everywhere we look, From the cradle to the grave, the human race is in chains. There are economic chains. The cycle of poverty is real. Our neighbors across the street are providing service to many people in those economic chains. But there's also a cycle of wealth. And those who have lots of money have their own particular kind of chains. There are educational chains. We know in this city that the public school system is terrible. And I've heard that as many as 40%, not 14, but 40% of school-aged children attend private schools in this city. Beyond that, there are even deeper chains There are psychological chains going all the way back to our families of origin, to the attachment styles of our parents, to trauma we may have experienced as children or later in life. And to make matters even worse, the exercise of power and exploitation and domination by virtually all of us, whether we realize it or not, whether we intend it or not, keeps us all in these chains. And we hear this sad reality reflected so clearly in the reading we heard today from the Acts of the Apostles. We hear about a slave girl who was possessed by a demon. And because she was possessed by this demon, she was given supernatural knowledge that brought a lot of income to her owners. And so when the Apostle Paul 
threw the demon out of her, when he exorcised the demon and cleansed her from this demonic possession, freed her from that demonic chain, as you can imagine, her owners were not too happy because they just lost a lot of income. And so they took the apostles to the local authorities who beat them and threw them in jail. And we meet another character, the jailer. And if you remember, when he realized his prisoners had possibly escaped, he became absolutely terrified. Because this man lived and worked and functioned in a society in which he knew that there would be consequences for him losing the prisoners that he was charged with. And he was so afraid that he even thought about killing himself. But as dark and as bad as all this may seem, we also see with crystal clarity that God is the ultimate breaker of chains. And it's one of the things he came to do. Through St. Paul, he frees the slave girl from the demonic chain she was tied in. Through the earthquake, he frees the apostles from the physical chains they were tied in. And through the apostles, he frees the jailer from the emotional and psychological chain he was in and ultimately save him from suicide. So what does this mean for us? It means we have an invitation from God. God, the ultimate breaker of chains, invites us to be his hands in this world. Each of us is uniquely equipped to be a vehicle, an instrument, an extension of his liberating power. Some of us can help break economic chains by sharing the resources we've been given, by generosity. Some of us can help break the educational chains through teaching, whether that is starting an early childhood reading program here at this church, or holding a financial workshop, or teaching the faith. And still, others of us are uniquely equipped to help break the emotional and psychological chains in which people have bound from their early childhood through simple acts of loving kindness and tender compassion. And if this invitation is not enough, there are also spiritual consequences for how we respond to this invitation. Saint Sophroni of Essex, one of our recently canonized saints, once wrote in his letters to his family the following. The prerequisite for the experience of true freedom is not to have dominion over anyone and for no one else to have control over you. Every man inevitably forfeits his freedom as soon as any power over any one of his fellows manifests itself in him. And he goes on to write in another letter, every encroachment on the freedom of anyone whosoever leads first and foremost to the loss of freedom of those who are doing the encroaching. If someone wishes to be free, he must look after the freedom of everybody else. If someone wishes to be free, he must look after the freedom of everybody else. And then he will receive the highest form of freedom, which is not threatened even by death. So, 
What will we do, brothers and sisters? Will we use the freedom that God has given us for selfish pleasure, for exploitation of others? Or will we choose to become an extension of God's hands in this world and help him break the chains that so many are bound by? Will we freely offer our freedom to sacrificially love our neighbor? One path leads to the exploitation of others and to our own inner slavery. The other leads to freedom and love. I said at the beginning that we were made to be free because God is free and we were made in his image. But there is more. Saint Diadokos of Fotiki wrote many centuries ago, all men are made in God's image, but to be in his likeness is granted only to those who through great love have brought their own freedom into subjection to God. For only when we do not belong to ourselves do we become like him who through love has reconciled us to himself. No one achieves this unless he persuades his soul not to be distracted by the false glitter of this life. One of the saints we commemorate today is Saint Nikitas the Stylite. Saint Nikitas, as part of his ascetic practice, wrapped himself in a chain, like many of the ascetic saints before him had done. And sadly, members of his own family, distant family of his, were deluded and lured by the false glitter of this life. And stupidly and sadly, they murdered St. Nikitas because they thought the chain he was wearing was made of silver instead of the iron it was made of. And so St. Nikitas met his end. But that does not need to be our fate, brothers and sisters. With God's grace and help, may we be undistracted by the false glitter of this life. And if we're able to do that, if we're able to remain undistracted by the false glitter of this life, we can experience, even now, what only God can do. The breaking of the chains that only He can break. The chains of sin and death. We see this depicted in the icon of the resurrection, which we are celebrating for just a few more days with those glorious and victorious words. Christ is risen. Amen.